Hi there, this is the Alt HR Podcast, where we share best practices in HR, how we have been doing things different, answering your burning HR questions, and not forgetting some fun entertainment by HR Horror Stories. Today's episode is a recorded webinar hosted by Nahulun, who's in the customer success team at Alt HR. He's here to speak to the country head retail banking, Standard Chartered Bank Malaysia, Lipay C, and the regional head in India and South Asia at Standard Chartered Bank, Samrat Sakharong how to stay resilient during a crisis and to protect the employee's financial health. In this webinar, we'll be answering some questions that were submitted from our audiences regarding what are the types of developmental needs for each employee in order to make sure that they stay motivated. So stay tuned, and without further ado, let's get started. Okay, first one here from Sean Oi. For this new normal, what are the current methods would your organization track to get reports on engagement, productivity, and mental well-being? So I think this one I will put over to Samra, if you'd like to take this one first. Sure. Thanks, uh, Naulan. Uh, that's from Sean. Thanks, Sean, for asking that question. Yeah. So uh, I'll go back to uh, what Pacey uh, was mentioning earlier uh, before I pointedly respond to your question. Uh, what we expect of people leaders today, in addition to the other skills and competencies that they bring to the workplace, uh, empathy and resilience. Uh, these are two things that uh, we would very strongly encourage all our people leaders to drive when they manage people. And uh, that brings me to the point that uh, the leadership skills, uh, which we see as a need today, are more evolved than what might have been the needs of the past, which is uh, pre-pandemic. Now, coming to your question, uh, what are the current methods would your organization track and get reports on engagements, productivity, and mental well-being? Okay. So I'll not focus so much on reports, but uh, in terms of mechanisms, of uh, tracking engagement, productivity, and mental well-being. Uh, one most necessary is for people leaders to stay engaged with their people. And when I say engaged over here, it does not necessarily mean only formal engagement. It is also about how you connect with people one-on-one, -on -one, personally, uh, how often you connect with them, and what is the quality of that connect. Right. So, for example, if I'm if I'm dealing with my team, uh, are all my conversations only of the nature of a task, which is that have you completed this, have you performed this, blah blah blah, or do I genuinely show interest in the well-being of my team? Right. That's going to be one of the uh, something that is going to be at the crux of it. How genuinely are we interested in our people when we look at engaging with our teams? That's one thing. Uh, second, when it talk, when you ask about uh, productivity, uh, going forward, when we measure performance, it's not necessarily going to be only conversations on what your targets were or what your objectives were and what you've achieved. Uh, the emphasis is that conversations between people leaders and employees are more of the nature of developmental conversations. Right, so it is not only looking at what you have achieved so far, but also looking at how you achieved it and what contributed to your achievement or what may not have contributed to your achievement. 
So what are the developmental needs of the individual and what are the growth goals of the individual? What, what does the team member really want to achieve in his career going forward, right? So how do we motivate them to perform? How do we enable them to perform? That's going to be the crux. And uh, last but not the least, me mental well-being. I think uh, Pacey also mentioned that, that this is going to be very critical, right? And this is not something that was spoken about very frequently in the past. But today, after the pandemic, this is certainly something which is as important as physical well-being. And for that, again, as a matter of practice, it is important that people leaders are engaged with their team members more at a personal level, demonstrating genuine interest in their well-being and not just talking about performance and goals and achievements and so on. And if I were to just go back to what I mentioned earlier, uh, we at Standard Chartered Bank have this employee assistance program and where we think that uh, an employee needs professional help, we would encourage our employees to go back and visit this employee assistance program, which is supported by one of our uh, partners called CompSite. Thanks, Sean. I hope I've answered your question. Um, could I add a couple of items? Yeah, okay. Um, I think Sean, um, for us, actually, practically speaking, there are probably three things to consider. The first is frequency. The second is actually quality, right? Um, and third is actually acceptance, right? The treatment. So um, frequency, uh, we do this quite often, actually, organizations. So we tell folks, you know, what you do is uh, get to the conversations often, often, right? And, and often, typically in our, because we're a very big organization, but 90,000 people say you've got to at least have the conversation once in two, uh, twice in actually a year. You've got to say at least, right? But uh, the reality is that as you move you, in this new normal, that twice in a year is, is definitely not sufficient. And we know that. We know also some very good managers will say, ah, I need to actually have a conversation every single week. But these are the good, good managers who understand, who's empathetic. But there are also plenty others who are probably less empathetic. So what we actually end up doing is that as a practice, we've started and we have now everybody in the organization goes into a weekly conversation activity in groups, right? And, and that actually helps in making sure that any issues get actually flagged out, which then actually leads to the second, exactly what Samrat has said, around the, what do you talk about? Do you talk about performance? Do you only talk about performance? Which we are a performance-driven organization. And because we love numbers, I love numbers, right? And um, <laughs> and I tend to first talk about numbers because it excites me, right? But uh, what I do try to do is I remember to take the first three, five minutes, and I do that, and I want to make sure that actually all my staff do that as well. Take the first five minutes to just ask how you are, right? And um, so we do everything actually from trying to structure a, a cocktail session, for example, because that becomes actually a non-conversation um, actually on business. So, so that's, 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 that's what we're trying to do actually around quality. So um, what I'm trying to demonstrate actually on the second point is there is, and the first and the second point, is there is a certain amount of direction I think the, 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 the talk will have to give. Because if we leave to everybody to do what we want to do, it may not come as natural because it's a learning process in these new times. 
And the third, I think, is acceptance. Um, the, uh, the staff assistance programs that we've actually been now talking about um, has been around for a long time. Yeah, but I think um, here the the idea that first we broadcast actually a lot more, we talk about it a lot more, we say it's okay to actually say it's not you are not all right. That is not easy. I think especially I come from a very Asian environment and I come from a very Asian family, and the kind of acceptance is needed to be talked about a lot more. To say that I'm not, I'm not okay, and that's not easy to achieve. I think we are probably only very, very, very nascent uh, stage at this moment to say that it's okay to actually talk about it. So the facil facilitation of something that's quite anonymous, that's what the bank has actually been able to give to the staff, is extremely useful because you not necessarily want to talk to your line manager, but you want to have an actual anonymous program. And if you don't have that, that's when um, you may need to facilitate something like that. Because it's extremely uncomfortable to, to tell somebody that you know that you are depressed, right? So, so that helps. So, um, um, I think really, uh, practically speaking, these are the three things and lot of programs to do to encourage it because we need it to be structured. Yeah. Great, thank you. And also, I think coming back to your personal experience, where you also shared with us where you've got kids working over uh, studying or working overseas and then you've got your obligations in different countries as well in Singapore these are all personal matters really that you don't see as an organization say if you're up there but yeah. without having these conversations that you open up and understand the employee itself yeah yes absolutely and um and the fact that if my organization knows about it my line manager and he does tells me hey, how do I help you to actually make that happen Actually, you build a very loyal. I've been in bank for twenty one years, so um, I, I think that helps. You know, to be able to to, to say that yeah, you know, you, you know your employee, and that helps. Great, thank you. Okay, uh, question number two. This comes from David Tan. For such a large organization involving thousands, how do you ensure that each and every employee's uh, employee's well being is taken care of? So I think again, Casey, back to you with this one. Uh, because you okay. mentioned, yeah, you're managing so many people, right? Much bigger, bigger scope. Okay, um, I, I think okay. First, I think the programs actually help. So, um, we have a very deep, um, HR organization to help with engagement, to help with training, and also help with engagement and everything else. But if you ask any HR individuals. Right, um, or any managers, any senior managers actually inside the charter bank. The where the, the responsibility of HR lies is actually me. Is the staff. So, uh, so we look upon HR as a partner, but it's actually we are accountable of people. So, um, um, I, I don't know how to maybe how to actually give uh, give a, 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 a I suppose a very structured answer to this, except that one. In a large organization, what we try to do is that we've got different programs to facilitate actually that structured engagement um, vertically and horizontally. That's what we try to do. And you cannot imagine, my David, actually the many, many, many different programs that we run from anything from training to well-being to even after the activities of yoga exercises, right? Something fun, right? Um, volunteering programs, reskilling, right? We run the full, full gamut. 
both horizontally and through vertically. So that's like the first. So um, in any big organization, structure is important. So we need to get that actually in place. Second will then be uh, making sure that everybody owns it. That's where it's frankly, it's a lot more difficult because it's easy to put a program out there, but it's very hard to actually have it executed well and adopted. So that's when um, people like me uh, will have to ensure that um, I adopt, I cannot adopt because Samrat will roll like 20 programs. I'll say I cannot do 20. And I will not do 20. I will do five. Right? And I'll adopt the program and make sure that my team similarly adopts that program to actually get going. But I'll frankly ignore the other person's team because I cannot do so much. Right? So that's 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 the second. The third is that celebrating process successes is important. Celebrating successes. So when we have things that it's working um, in different patches, we're quite lucky because in so many markets, we'll always be able to find successes somewhere, right? And that celebrated successes actually gives uh, many of us, I feel, the, uh, the, the, the drive to make it and, and, and work it. And last, I've got one last point. Um, things that don't get measured do not get done. Truly, okay. Uh, like I said, I love numbers. So, so, um, but truly, things that do not get measured do not get done. So we do actually have um, um, strong uh, staff measurements that we actually get to. Um, we use my voice surveys as an indication where it's actually going. Uh, we do dipstick survey to see actually how the, the staff is actually um, uh, feeling. Three sixty actually feedback because that helps in when you understand what the issues are, then you can actually fix it. And, and 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 that helps. And um, frankly, the more anonymous, the better, because nobody tells the truth, right? Unless they unless they they are not afraid that they 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 they, they won't actually be they hit back at you with some sort of response. So um so both things happen for us. Uh, and so I'm not going to add anything. Yeah, just a couple of things. Uh, when you look at well-being. Well-being is an outcome of uh, your personal as well as your professional circumstances. That's how I look at it. Uh, in in as far as the professional circumstances are concerned, that's what we have a direct bearing on. Uh, your work environment, how are things at the workplace, etc. That has a direct bearing on your well-being. Now to address that, uh, like Casey said, I would say there are two aspects to it. One is the organization. Uh, which is the tools that we provide to enable people, leaders, to enable employees. That's the platform. And the second, equally important, or I would say more important uh, driver, is the people leader himself or herself, right? The organization can support you with all the right tools and all the right platforms, but how those platforms are leveraged and the employees engage is the part that the people leader plays. Now, Continuous engagement with the employee, I think, is at the crux of it. And uh, like Pacey mentioned, responding to the previous questions, uh, engagement on a day-to-day -day basis or on a frequent basis is critical for us to know that the employees are doing well. And not only about performance, but also in terms of how the employee is feeling at work. When you speak to an employee, you know exactly what the state of mind is and so on and so forth. So two things, the, the platforms that the organization provides, uh, that's from the HR side, you can say product development. And uh, the other aspect is how the people leaders leverage those and ensure that we are looking at the employee's well-being. And that's where that quotient of empathy 
uh, uh, and resilience comes in. Thank you. Okay, so running a bit short on time, let's quickly head on to the next two questions. I have it up here. Okay, this is from June JC. What should be the top one thing HR or leaders can play a role in protecting employees' financial health? Not all employees are financially savvy, especially during challenging times like this. So I think again, JC, this is on your end of things at least. <laughs> um, I think um, avail avail of the employees actually with information um, and expertise. Um, that's why, uh, June, um, if I could suggest, if you feel that actually your organization actually may need um, some information and maybe just some education sessions, uh, every bank will be happy to do it. I'll be happy to do it. So um, we'll come by, right, to educate. Um, uh, information is important. Knowledge is important. Um, and um, you and I can actually work with making sure that they attend, so making it a little bit more fun or uh, uh, lunch. So, so we do all these things, right? Just to actually get people engaged. But yes, uh, that's my suggestion. Cool. Thank you. All right. Uh, very quickly, again, we'll run quickly to the last question before we close off the session. From Justin. Okay. What happens after the moratorium? What can we expect? So I think this one, I'll leave it as an open question to the both of you. Uh, again, different markets, I'm guessing we're going through different things there. Okay, I'll start first, right? Um, um, okay, the moratorium is ending on the on 30th of September. You all know it covers a payment holiday actually for all lending for any consumers who's got actually lending obligations actually in Malaysia, right? So 30th of September, the expectation is everybody to actually start paying their monthly installments again. Now, um, the government has already regulated, has already gone out to all financial institutions to say if you have, if your client proves that he can lose, has lost his job or his income has actually reduced, the expectation is actually for the bank to be able to give them further moratorium for those that lost their job for three to six months, could only pay for another three to six months, and then all those of the actually uh, salary has actually reduced by say X percentage, their monthly installment can reduce by the same X percentage. So that's the on um, this group of consumers. Now, if there are actually other consumers saying, mm, I still need help. I don't fall in any of these categories. I still need help. Then you go to your organization, to the banking organization, and see whether you're able to get that help package or not. Right? And, um, and, and all banks, um, because we have vested interest to ensure that actually all our clients' financial health is healthy, they're able to afford to pay what they can afford to pay, like knowing the circumstances, every bank will actually try to help. That's what we want to do. Um, and um, just approach, and approach early, approach early. We've already had some clients um, since beginning of August um, coming back actually to the bank to say, hey, post 30 September, this is what I need, and, we will, and we've been able to help, I think, Almost everyone, but almost every single person has been able to actually come to at least to us in the past one and a half months. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, I think Samrat has something to add as well. No, I, I, I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. Thanks. I think you've answered it. Thank you. All right. 
I think uh, we've run a bit out of time here, but uh, that's all we have time for today. Again, if you've got any other questions from the audience here, please feel free to still post it up in the live chat. We'll try and take them as we go through the live chat itself. And uh, yeah, please feel free, of course, to email us at hello at althr.my. A very big thank you to both our speakers here today, Pacey, Samrat, thank you. A very real session brought everything back into perspective quite a fair bit, so thank you. We tend to forget these things again after so much, after so long in this new normal, right? Uh, yeah, great. Thank you so much for the session. Thanks to everyone. And our next webinar will be coming up in the near future, so do stay tuned for, uh, stay tuned to our webinar page for more information, and we'll also send you the invite over. Uh, till then, stay safe, stay healthy. See you soon. And with that, we conclude the last part on how to stay resilient during a crisis and to protect the employee's financial health. If you're interested to catch more of these type of content, do keep a lookout for our future episodes.